This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillahi walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah, it's a real pleasure to be here with all the brothers and sisters and for the opportunity to get to address, mashallah, so many um, of our brothers and sisters who have gotten here together for this very beneficial event, inshallah. My topic for today was men of understanding. Before I get started with the topic, and primarily these types of sessions, the primary objective is to be very motivational and inspirational, but occasionally it's no harm if we actually learn something tangible, something a little bit more intricate, academic if you will, about our deen at the same time, it's only of benefit. One of the principles of Quranic interpretation, one of the principles of understanding the Book of Allah, understanding the Qur'an, and even of understanding the words, the ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ, is that whenever the masculine gender is used, so this is particularly for the sisters, alright, but everybody needs to understand this in general. If you're ever reading the Qur'an, and you are reading a translation of the Qur'an, and that ver- the translation of the verse says something about men, like Ulul Al-Bab, the Qur'an talks about men of understanding, men of intelligence. The, one of the very first primary principles of the Qur'an is that that doesn't only specifically refer to men. But it is general. The masculine gender is universal and it's, it's general. It applies both to men and to fe- women, to males and females equally. And so when the Qur'an talks about men of understanding, it's actually talking about people of understanding, individuals of understanding, people of faith, and people who understand their faith. Now to talk a little bit about this ayah, and this reference in the Qur'an, in the book of Allah, to men of understanding, or people of understanding, as we just discussed. What does that mean? What does that reference? From where we stand today, from where we sit today, when we talk about people of understanding, that has an intellectual, academic connotation to us. We think that that's simply, solely talking about knowledge, information, and how much knowledge and information a person has. So if a person has accumulated, if a person has amassed a lot of knowledge, a lot of information, then that is obviously a person of understanding. But that's incorrect and that's wrong. Because when we look to the Qur'an, we find something very interesting, what the Qur'an says about knowledge. One of the main du'as of the Qur'an, Qur'anic supplication, one of the main du'as in the Qur'an that is taught to us, Allah commands us and He tells us, He instructs us to say through the Prophet ﷺ. So Allah gave this command to the Prophet, and through the Prophet we learn that we should be saying the same thing. And that supplication, that du'a is, Rabbi zidni ilma. I want everyone to repeat that with me, to make sure I have everybody's attention. Alright? Rabbi... Alright, everybody. When I say everybody, I mean everybody. Rabbi, Rabbi. Zidni, Zidni. Ilma. Ilma. 
Alright, you'll find this written on every Islamic university and every Islamic school all over the entire world. Does anybody kind of roughly, somewhat, sort of, kind of know the translation of it? Go ahead. Okay, typically the translation that folks know for this dua, this verse, this ayah, Oh my Lord, increase my knowledge. We're gonna adjust that, we're gonna fix that just a little bit. That's not actually what the verse says. The dua, the verse, it says, Rabbi, Oh my Lord, my Master, the one who created me, the one who feeds me, the one who maintains me, the one who sustains me, the one who protects me, and the one who guides me. The one who has made me everything that I am today. That is Rabb. We say, Oh my Lord, Oh my Rabb. Zidini. It means increase me. Not increase my knowledge, increase me. What does that mean, increase me? Like what does that exactly mean? Because that sounds awkward in English. So when you translate that over from Arabic, if we were to translate it in a way that we can understand, the translation of Zidini would actually be, increase me, meaning make me a better person. In Arabic, the way that would translate over to English, so that it makes sense, is my Lord, make me a better person. Ilma, make me a better person through knowledge. So yes, we're asking Allah for knowledge. But we're not just asking Allah for just knowledge. What are we asking Allah for? We're asking, oh Allah, through this knowledge, make me a better person. Make me a better human being. Make me a better son, a better daughter. Make me a better eventually husband and wife. Make me a better father and mother. Make me a better human being, a better community member. A better member of human society. Make me a better person through this knowledge. When we go to the Prophet of Allah, Muhammad Rasulullah, may peace and blessings be upon him. When we go to him and see what he taught us about knowledge, about understanding, we find something very profound. The Prophet of Allah وسلم, told us there are two types of knowledge. Knowledge that solely rests on the tongue. It's what we call in English lip service. Where you say something, but you don't really actually even truly believe in it sometimes. You just say it. Or maybe you do believe in it, or you do accept it to some extent, but you don't live it. You just preach it. You say it, but you don't live it. And then the second type of knowledge is knowledge which is in the heart. Knowledge which rests in the heart. And the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, tells us that the knowledge that is in the heart that manifests itself within the body. Then when this person walks and talks, you can see their knowledge. You see? You see the difference? For us today, knowledge is something that is read. Knowledge is something maybe at the most that is heard. The Prophet's definition of knowledge is knowledge is to be seen. Knowledge is to be observed. Knowledge is to be lived. It's how you live your life. That's why the Messenger of Allah وسلم, used to make a dua. He used to pray to God, to Allah. He used to say, Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'an. Oh Allah, I ask you for knowledge which is beneficial. And on the other hand, on the flip side, he used to say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa'. 
Oh Allah, I ask you, I take refuge in you, I, I ask for your protection from knowledge which does not benefit. Knowledge which won't show in my actions. Knowledge which won't make me a better person, I don't need it. What's the point of it? Because at that point in time, it's just information. It's just something I know, it's not something I live. And so true understanding, to grasp the true meaning of understanding, is to not just know something, but to become a better person through it. And that's what we ask Allah. That's what Allah taught us to ask Him for. He didn't teach us just say, Oh Allah, give me more knowledge. Just so that I can smack somebody down in a conversation. Just so that I can win a debate on Facebook. Just give me more knowledge. Just allow me to know more Arabic than the other guy so I can make him look stupid in an argument. No, 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 no. There's no point to that. We ask for knowledge that oh Allah make me a better person through this knowledge. Make me a better human being through this knowledge. That's the point. And when we talk about people of faith, people of understanding, the Quran describes to us what is the implementation of our faith. You know the topic, the theme of the conference is Muslimanity. Right? Did I get that right? Okay. <laughs> Alright. It sounds a little too close to insanity for my taste, okay? Alright? Nobody likes insanity anymore, alright? So, ooh, I'm from Dallas. That's right, we won the championship. So, Muslimanity. Get back on track. Muslimanity, right? Talking about this concept, this is exactly, this fits into that. The point of knowledge is to not just make us better Muslims, but being a better Muslim means being, better, being a better human being. It's such a huge contradiction today that we think we can be good practicing Muslims, but terrible human beings. We've justified that some way, somehow, when it's completely unjustifiable. It's absolutely wrong. What does Allah teach us about faith in the Qur'an? One of the most comprehensive verses of the Qur'an of the book of Allah is Surah number 2, Ayah number 177. Allah says, Piety is not to just simply turn your face to the east or to the west. Rituals don't, it doesn't mean piety. It doesn't mean being a better human being. It doesn't mean piety. It doesn't mean be being a better Muslim. It's okay. It's alright. It's just a kid. Alright? That's what kids do. Alright? <laughs> They're like carrying him away. He's a kid, not a wild animal, guys. It's okay. He's like, get off me. Alright? I like it. MashaAllah. <laughs> He's trying to come back now. Alright. That's good. See, entertainment. Now, this, this is real entertainment right here. Alright? Got the full package for you guys. So, the Qur'an says that true piety is not to just simply turn your face towards the east or towards the west. Doing rituals doesn't make you a better person. What is then piety? What is being a good Muslim? What is being a good human being? This is actually talking about what it means to be a good Muslim. Listen very carefully. وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ Piety is to believe in Allah. وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ To believe in the last day, to believe that there is a day coming when we will stand before God and we will be held accountable for how we lived our lives. وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالْكِتَابِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ And to believe in the angels, to believe in the divine scripture, the books, and to believe in the prophets of God. Now it talks about 
what about an action? That's what's in the heart. That's what we believe in the heart. But what about the actions of a person? Listen to this very carefully. You would typically guess this next thing it's going to talk about is salah, prayer, worship. It says, Being good to your family members. Taking care of the orphans. Taking care of the needy, the homeless, the poor, the hungry. Hosting a traveler, taking care of somebody who's maybe on their way and they, they're facing some difficulty on their journey. When somebody begs you and asks you for some food to take care of them. To help a person earn their freedom. To help a person out of slavery. Human trafficking today is one of the most egregious crimes that is being committed on the planet and it's growing every single day. It's a Muslim cause. We should be active in efforts to solve homelessness, to solve poverty, to help the poor, the needy, the homeless, people that are struggling, people that are being persecuted through human trafficking. It is a Muslim cause to help these people. That's what the Quran says. That's not what some crazy speaker got up here and misrepresented Islam. That's what the Book of Allah says. And yes, pray. Establish your prayer. Give charity. Yes, that's a responsibility. But right away, right what does it go back to? That a true believer keeps his promise once he gives his word to somebody, he keeps his word. A true believer is a man or a woman of their word. They're honest, they're truthful, they're trustworthy. You can trust them. You can rely upon them, you can depend upon them. They have patience through difficulty, through adversity, through poverty. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا Those are the people that were truthful to God. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُتَّقُونَ And those are the people who actually are conscious and aware of Allah in all aspects of their lives. That is what the Qur'an says, what is our faith, what it means to be a Muslim. A being a Muslim means to be a better human being. And so before I conclude, the couple of points that I wanted to reiterate here and kind of tie together. Number one is knowledge. Knowledge is something that is a necessary part of our deen. We have to know our religion. We have to learn about our deen. Knowledge is very important. But understand, along with knowledge also comes a test. The test of knowledge is to not turn knowledge just another way to practice a person's arrogance. To let the evil of our souls manifest themselves and for us to be able to prove our superiority over others. What is the point of knowledge? What is the point of knowing your deen? It's not how much you know. It's what is the effect of what you know on you. Quantity doesn't matter in ilm, in knowledge. It's all about the quality of what you know. It doesn't matter how much you know. It's what, what effect that has on you. What do you do with what you know? It's not about quantity, it's all about quality. And today because we live in such a materialistic, self-obsessed society, where we're always trying to prove our superiority over another human being. And we do that through money, we do that through clothes, we do that through fashion, we even do that through our physical appearances. We do that through our cars and our homes and our houses, through our popularity. 
We try to find whatever way possible we can to try to prove ourselves to be superior or better to another human being. Well, understand that just because you sit down and you start taking knowledge, doesn't mean that automatically now you're immune to that. But it's an even, it becomes an even bigger test. That you have to make sure, how do we measure knowledge? How do we gauge knowledge today? If we just simply gauge it by what we know, and we try to measure knowledge, how much do I know? How much does he know? I know more than him, and she knows more than her, and I know more than them. That's pointless. That actually proves and establishes a person's ignorance when a person acts that way, when a person thinks that way. But the point of knowledge is, did it make me a better human being or not? Rabbi zidni ilma wallah, make me a better person through this knowledge. The Prophet of Allah wasallam had was the most knowledgeable human being that ever walked the face of this earth. But you know what the second, in the opinion of many of the scholars, you know what the second revelation of the Quran was? Wa ala Surah Qalam, Surah number sixty-eight. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that most definitely you are upon a very high, huge, amazing level of character, akhlaq, conduct. That's what makes you special. That the knowledge of the Qur'an that is coming to you will come to you. And it will be a powerful source for you to be able to reach people and teach people. And for you to be able to change their lives. But at the end of the day, the thing that will be more effective than your words will be your character, will be your conduct. And then that directly brings us to the theme of the conference, Muslimanity. That being Muslim means being a better human being. We have to reconcile that. We have to understand that. That is a terrible contradiction we have to do away with. You know, it's a real opportunity. It's actually a bit of a struggle. You know, sometimes talking to younger audiences can be a little bit more of a struggle. Alright? As evidence, uh, evidenced by you know the people that are still talking in the crowd. That's just, it's just a struggle of talking to young people. And don't worry, I'm not I'm not I'm not picking on nobody. I'm not talking about nobody. I was the same way. All right, I was the exact same way. But except when I was a kid, when I was young, and I would be at a lecture, or I would be at the masjid or something like that. We didn't have cell phones. So what we would do is we would basically mess around and fool around. We usually like be messing with somebody or making fun of somebody. So we were actually really loud and noisy and obnoxious. But, so that's just part of being young, alright? Don't worry about it. But talking to younger audiences can be a little bit more challenging. But I, I relish the opportunity to be able to come and talk to young brothers and sisters. And I'll tell you why. Because... You have so much potential, you don't, even, you, you, you don't even begin to realize how much potential you have. You're nowhere close to even realizing your potential. You are capable of so much. Allah has given you the ability to do so much. I know it sounds like a terrible, terrible cliche, but you really can change the world. You really can make the world a better place. There was, there were a group of not more than a few, 10, 15, 20, 30, and then at the Hajjatul Wida, there were 100,000 Muslims. There are over a billion Muslims in the world today. When the Prophet of Allah left this world, there was about, there was a little over 100,000 Muslims. That's it. There's probably more Muslims than that in Brooklyn. Alright? There was a little over 100,000 Muslims when the Prophet left this world. But those 100,000 Muslims, they changed the whole world. 
Because they had the word of Allah, the Qur'an, they had the life of the Messenger, peace and blessings be upon him. They had that faith that had taken root within their hearts and was manifesting itself throughout their bodies, in their actions, in their words, in the way they walked, the way they talked, the way they did business, the way they, the way they interacted with their families, the way they treated their neighbors. You know, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu used to actually go out and he would put food, he would put food in birds' nests. He would put food in birds' nests. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu was eating a piece of bread and if he would see like even a rat or a mouse or something like that, he would drop like food and breadcrumbs for them. And the people would be like, what are you doing? It's a pest. He said, this is a creation of Allah. I don't want it to complain against me in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They, just the way they lived their lives, forget about human beings, they were so beneficial, they were so helpful, they were so caring and considerate of even of animals. They changed the world. Young people, you're capable of that. You have the, all that potential and more. The Prophet of Allah said, People are like gold and silver mines. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said, People are like gold and silver mines. Can you imagine discovering a gold mine or a silver mine? You'd be made. Think about how much money you could have. Think about how much power and influence you would have if you owned a gold mine. The Prophet said, each and every single person is like a gold and a silver mine. All they gotta do is they gotta dig. They gotta just dig it up. They just gotta dig a little deep into themselves. And they gotta bring that potential out. And they have so much to offer to the world. Make the world such a better place. Help humanity in so many ways. You know the Prophet of Allah, the, the, the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. They were such amazing, remarkable people. They understood their potential. They understood what they were capable of. And they took what the Quran was teaching them and what the Prophet was teaching them and they put it into their lives and they lived their lives in such a way they would go to places. They would walk amongst the people. They would talk to people. They would do business with people. They didn't have to preach like we preach today. They would just do business with people. They would just walk and talk with people. They would just walk amongst the people. They would just live in a neighborhood. And people would be like, wow, you're a great guy. You're an amazing person. Who are you? Why are you so different? And they used to say two words. Kunu mithlana. They used to say, be like us. They used to say, be like us. You're impressed? You like the way I do business? You like the honesty, you like the trustworthiness, you like the respect and the dignity and the honor and the nobility. Be like us. And that's what you're all capable of. So I want every single person here, whether you're paying attention or not, alright, I want every single person here to realize your potential to understand what you're capable of, to understand that Allah and His Messenger have empowered you to become a better person and to improve the human condition, to improve this, the, the state of humanity through this deen that Allah has gifted to you. Does everyone understand? That is the lamest response of all time. Alright? Does everyone understand what you're capable of? 
Is everyone going to make an effort to be a better person? Yes. Say inshallah. Is everyone going to try to go out there and be the best role model for humanity possible? Yeah. Everyone's gonna try, gonna go out there and show the beauty of our way of life, Islam, to all of humanity. Yeah. Make the world a better place. You're capable of that. That was the message of the Prophet ﷺ. When he addressed his hundred thousand people at the end of his life, he told them that every single person that is here listening to this message today, it is your responsibility to take this message to the rest of humanity who is not here today. Live this message, realize this message, deliver this message to all of humanity. That's our purpose, that's our function in life. And if we're able to do that, we have a life of peace and tranquility ahead of us. And we have the blessing and the love and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala waiting for us, both in this life and in the hereafter. Which is Akumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.